Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon, everybody from Freight Alley, my friend. Hey, did you see the moon last night? No, I missed it. It is, we're coming upon the full beaver moon, and this Friday yes. will be the longest eclipse of that moon in 580 years. I'm looking at that shirt, and I'm moons. thinking, uh, is that part of the conspiracy? Is there a convoy conspiracy going well, on first here? First of all, thank you, convoy. They had the, the, the three wolves. Yeah, Howl- I was gonna say barking. I guess they're howling, right? That's what I think they howl at the moon. Yeah, they're howling at the moon. They and I and they we I cut the clip out of it. They saw yeah. it and they said, "Hey, we're gonna send you some more shirts." And I guess this is this year's like artistic endeavor shirt. I think they're going for like an ET vibe here with the truck going over the moon. And a funny story about ET is it's the first movie I saw in theaters. Right, I was like three years old when I saw it, and <laughs> it was a very formative movie though because yeah. it convinced me right that. The government is evil, and it's going to steal your aliens. So it's going to steal your fun, man. I don't let anyone know about my extraterrestrials anymore. No, no, you can't. You can't. You can't give into that stuff because they will ruin everything, man. That that it just confirmed everything that Dead Kennedys uh, preached to me my uh, my whole life was when I saw yeah. that movie. So, yep, eighties well, movies were good for that. They were very good at like sowing doubts about trusting, uh, like the authority and, yeah, and look government. At, look and at parents. war games, man. You can't even break into NORAD without the government getting I know. pissed. And I still think that way. I still think that way. <laughs> On today's show, we're talking to VR. CEO Molson Hart about what Black Friday is going to look like for uh, small retailers and Amazon sellers. Do you know that Amazon sellers, they call each other Amazonians? Oh, do they really? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of Convoy, Grant Goodell, their co-founder, he's going to be on. He's going to discuss the Freight Tech 25, which they were in again. He's going to talk about the driver market, which I talked about in the newsletter. and We'll get to in inside the newsletter later. Oh, yeah. Very and cool. He's going to talk about cutting out the empty calories in freight, which, you know, I contend is the most efficient and best way to tackle the emission problem right now, at least in trucking, because there's so much efficiency there. It's not amazing tech solutions. It's digitization and, and proper routing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were just talking to somebody yesterday about the 12 minutes. Cut out 12 minutes, and you 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 improve the, the supply chain. Unbelievable. Yeah. With the drivers. And Kraft Heinz Company and Hemi. Hemi, the band, metal band. Trent Zuber, he's back. It's been about a year since he was last on here. He's going to be talking about... What's good in the grocery supply chain? And if you're going to have trouble finding ketchup to put on your turkey this Thanksgiving. Yeah, I got to talk to him about that ketchup thing. Remember when we asked him if that was good stuff to keep in your glove box for sustenance? Yeah. It doesn't work. I tried it. It, it doesn't? It, it, <laughs> after two days, you're just done. This gentleman it. just stepped into the green room. Mr. Supply Chain Daniel Stanton is going to share what he's thankful for and his biggest turkeys of the year. Will he pick himself again this year? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and we, gotta get to, uh, we do have to get to the news, but first, let's tip the band. Redwood, a leading logistics platform, Platform company has provided solutions for moving and managing freight for more than 20 years. The company's diverse portfolio includes digital freight brokerage, flexible freight management, and logistics consulting, all wrapped into a revolutionary logistics and technology delivery model. Logistics platform as a service, they call it LPAS. Redwood lives at the intersection of logistics and technology, connecting its customers with the technology, talents, and expertise they need to win. Contact Redwood at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to redwoodlogistics.com. There we go. All right. All right. U.S. Express Freight Outlook calls for a torrid pace, but consumer concerns loom very similar to something we've been talking about recently. When does this all come crumbling down, right? Yeah. 
Well, Todd Maiden reports a fourth quarter economic outlook from Chattanooga, Tennessee-based truckload carrier U.S. Express calls for a continuation in elevated freight demand moving forward with some signs of caution. Here's, uh, here's from the report. It says, for the foreseeable future, freight will continue to run at a torrid pace. Mm-hmm. The outlook noted concerns throughout the overall economy, most notably the direction of consumer spending, which, if you've seen, confidence is going down, yep. and said that when the current cycle ends, it will likely be due to declining demand versus capacity being added to the market. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's stimulus. It goes on. Stimulus and unemployment benefits kept consumer spending high yep. through the summer. However, the report said it's tough to differentiate which headwinds, mid-single-digit inflation, which we're starting to see, supply chain bottlenecks, or declines in disposable income will drive future spending costs. It says, quote, in a nominal sense, consumer demand was has remained high relative to our supply chain's capacity to keep up, particularly in the face of productivity challenges and labor shortages. But if inflation begins to take root and interest rates rise without wage growth, consumer purchasing power will be diminished in real terms. Yeah. Inflation coming together with uh, people. You know, the other thing, too, that's not really mentioned here in the report that I Hmm. think is going to be a big factor, too, is in 2022, just people getting back into services, putting your kids back in karate, going on those vacations, going to check out more Airbnbs, doing a lot of things that people have kind of held back on the past two years. Yeah. At a certain point, like how many Lego Titanics can you stick in your house? Uh, that's exactly right. But speaking of sticking in your house, how much are you going to put into your warehouses, right? We saw that's some true. of those pictures of uh, uh, it was Walmart containers that they can't unload to get into the warehouses. Yeah. Did we overbuy? Did we overstock? I'm really oh, curious. Challenges. I'm really curious about Molson Hart's perspective from Via Hart when he comes yeah. on later. Smaller seller, Amazon seller. I know we get to hear from like Walmart and Target all the time, but they're not really indicative of the backbone no. of retailers. Yeah, great. You'll get your Walmart and your Target stuff from there. But I think what we what we care about, want to shine a light on, is some of the smaller retailers. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Those here's are here's bad news for the supply chain though. Flooding has cut off the Port of Vancouver's rail service. Right? It's actually I know a couple of truckers who are up that way. They couldn't even get back to the states. They were completely cut off by that storm. If you saw some of those pictures, there was complete railroad collapse and highway collapse and flooding all over the place. It's terrible. Nate Tabak reports flooding and landslides in British Columbia have cut off the Port of Vancouver from all rail services as officials warned on Tuesday of forthcoming vessel delays and disruptions to terminal mm. operations. Yeah. Both CN and Canadian Pacific rail lines serving the port, they're both Canada's largest, were shut down after that heavy rain poured across the Pacific Northwest. The consequences likely will be felt throughout Canada, the Canadian supply chain, adding delays for shipments of everything from containers to bulk commodities. Yeah, you're right. And, and so vessel delays and heightened anchorage demand are expected due to disruptions at the terminal operations. Port spokesman Maddie Polychronos wrote in an email, we're working closely with our terminal operators, railways, and all levels of government to understand the impacts of these delays on terminals operations and to develop a recovery plan. As of Tuesday night, Dooner, 32 vessels at anchor. That used to be a big number in the port of LA where there's now 86 vessels. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah, Yeah. LA's going, you guys are minor league. Yeah, and this isn't the first disruption to hit Vancouver either. Over the summer, there was wildfires that delayed rail service, and they had just started to catch up to this backlog. So this could not have come at a worse time. And this disruption is also happening. They're experiencing a 24% increase in container volume. So perfect storm, a bad storm.
Yeah, not good stuff. Not good stuff. Now, we've been covering this story all through its lifespan. Judge denies venue change for Trevor Milton's fraud trial. So, Alan Adler reports a federal judge denied a motion by Nicola Corp founder Trevor Milton's attorneys to move his fraud trial out of New York and uh, back to his hometown of Utah, right? Well, Milton, he's charged with uh, three counts related to allegations that he defrauded investors in the startup Electric Chug Company by making false statements. He is free on a $100 million bail pending a trial scheduled April 4, 2022. Wow. Have you been? I don't think and I he's could, free on it, too. I don't think I could cover that bail. Uh, Milton claimed he should not have been charged in New York for securities fraud and wire fraud because his alleged illegal behavior occurred in Arizona, where Nikolai is headquartered, or in Utah, where he lives. His attorneys plan to challenge the indictment on other grounds as well. I think that's a good move, challenge it on other things other than just the venue. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> you know, well, he's also pushing that his, his wife is, uh, she's very sick. She's got an autoimmune yeah. disease. Um I'm not going to question whether that's true or not, but the, the judge has decided not to side with Milton and his defense team. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we will. Hey, let's, uh, let's, well, first of all, let's congratulate this man. Let's have Grant Goodell on, his co-founder over at Convoy, and also on the Freight Tech 25 yet again. Grant, thanks for joining us on What the Truck today. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. So how, how are things? By the way, how do you like this shirt? I know this is one of yours. It is, uh, in fact, one of our classics, yes. That might be the, our, my, one of my favorite products of our Moonshot Week. The swag is... Kind of next level. <laughs> it is pretty. I, I don't know if you noticed. This is not a Cleveland Browns hat either. This is a this is a convoy hat. I just want to make that clear. That is, nope. in fact, a convoy hat. I appreciate <laughs> the representation, gentlemen. Now, Grant, the the interest in supply chain has grown astronomically. So has the viewership and listenership of this show. So, so the few who have not seen Convoy on here before may not be familiar. Why don't we start there? Let's give give us an elevator pitch on Convoy. Yeah, sure. So Convoy is the first world's first digital freight network. We use our world-class technology to connect shippers to carriers. And in doing so, we address some of the most challenging problems in freight. We're saving money for shippers. We're helping carriers earn more with less hassle. And we're also reducing carbon emissions and helping all of us towards a more sustainable future. So, Grant, let's talk about uh, the uh, 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 Freight Tech Top 25. Last week we announced it, and there's Convoy there for the fourth year in a row in the Top 25. How do you guys keep making that list, Grant? Well, first and foremost, thanks. It's a great, it's a big honor to be named to the Freight Tech 25 list, even once, but four feels like a, a dream come true. And it's a testament to our team and all the innovative work that they're always doing. Uh, we've had a lot of great innovation in 2021, but one area in particular I'm excited about is the expansion of our Convoy Go Drop and Hook program. So mm -hmm. back in May, we added Flexible Drop, which is the industry's first nationwide automated drop and hook service for backup and spot freight. And then in August, we expanded it again with power only for private fleets that made our tractor capacity available to private fleets. And so all this is giving our shippers even more flexibility and allowing us to create more power only load opportunities for our carriers. It's big for a lot of smaller carriers and owner operators that don't really have access to that kind of freight outside of Convoy. Yeah, Grant, we heard from uh, Daryl Failer at F3. He's with DF Dedicated Freight, and he was talking to us about how he's used Convoy to cut down on the empty calories of freight, those empty miles. And, you know, it doesn't take a Nikola truck that may or may not exist to cut down on emissions or miles and, and, and save money, right? You, a program like Convoy helps drivers do that, but how does it help them do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, obviously the truck that uh, doesn't exist at all probably produces the least carbon emissions. Uh, the truck that's not driving back and forth between uh, jobs 
empty trying to get from one plate, you know, the end of one job to another is in fact uh, uh, producing less greenhouse gases as well. And so what we try to do is we help carriers fill their calendars with jobs that start and end as close to each other as possible, even creating batches of loads or letting carriers batch them up themselves so that they can drive fewer empty miles, drive more loaded miles and get paid more. So, uh, Grant, we, we talk a lot about uh, driver shortages and retention, et cetera, and the fact that many in the profession are, are nearing retirement age as well. And we talk about the, 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 the difference or split between what the carriers think and what the drivers think. In your opinion, what can the industry do to better retain these drivers and attract new talent? Yeah, I mean, we've all seen the data that the younger generations just have different values when it comes to work. And the idea of being out on the road may not have the same appeal to them as it did to other generations. So if we want carriers to sort of be able to hire and retain great younger talent and really build that next wave of talent coming into the industry, um, we need to meet them where they are and help them get the sort of professional engagement and the sort of professional life they want. We offer a lot of flexibility to carriers. They can use our di digital freight network to find loads that get them home every night if that's what they want, or they can use, uh, use it to find regional and long haul loads. We have those too. Uh, it's also a great place for new authorities to build a business. It can be hard if you just got your authority to start getting a foothold and find customers and brokers to work with. But with Convoy, you get access to great freight and can start building that business immediately. So how is that working out for you guys? How have things been this year? Uh, you're signing on a lot of carriers, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of clients? Yes, absolutely. It's been a big growth year for Convoy. And I think a lot of the things we've been hearing from carriers over the sort of craziness of 2021 is that the quality of the freight that we've got, the variety of the freight we've got, and a lot of the benefits that we've got really help them craft the, the book of work that they want and help them improve their lives on and off the road. So we've got our free quick pay program that gets carriers paid in two days without any fees. We have our truck yes savings program that includes our fuel card and discounts that help them keep more money in their pocket. And really just the simplicity of the technology, helping them run their business without a lot of overhead and back and forth on the phone, being able to do things like request attention pay with just a tap in the app, really make life easier and, and have uh, helped them grow over the course of, uh, of 2021 and us as a result. It's excellent stuff. So Grant, what's on the horizon? What's coming up new at uh, Convoy? Oh, so much. I can't talk about a bunch of it, but I can tell you that 2022 is going to be a really big year for us. And I think you're going to see us uh, release some things that are going to surprise the industry. So keep your eyes peeled. Ooh. Definitely Interesting. Will. All right. I'm well, watching. you'll have to keep us abreast of what's going on, Grant. We appreciate it. People who want to learn more in the meantime, where should we send them to? Oh, by all means, send them on over to convoy.com. They can learn everything they need and get signed up right away. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us and let your team know. We uh, we appreciate the shirts. We oh, gave absolutely. some of the guys in the back, too, who helped run the show, and he's got his hat. So we appreciate that, Grant. Absolutely. Glad Amen. to be able to uh, clothe the entire Freightwave staff. <laughs> Love it. Love it. We keep need us it. warm. <laughs> Help us out. <laughs> thank you, sir. Um, all right, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes, it is. Daniel Stanton, this has always become a tradition now. I think around every time this year I have him on, talk about his biggest turkeys and what he's saying. I don't know why, Daniel, like, I pick him in particular. Um, I think it's just his jovial personality. Daniel Stanton, Mr. Supply Chain, you may know him as. Hello, sir. <laughs> I, I'm kind of getting a complex about the whole turkey Thanksgiving thing, Dooner, but uh, thank you, I think. Well, it's yeah. like, it's year two. I was hoping by now you'd get yourself like a, a pilgrim costume, right? You'd really be festive with us. We tried to get some hand turkey costumes, but it just wasn't in the budget. Yeah, it wasn't in the budget. I thought it was great we let off the show with a, a news article about the original turkey, right? Which one? Milton. Oh, yeah. Like last year's. <laughs> Trevor Milton. Yes, last year's turkey of the year. 
Daniel Stanton, let me ask you something, man. It's been a wild year in supply chain. A lot of turkeys to pick from. Let's start positive. Let's start positive. What are you thankful for this year in supply chain? You know, I I think we all need to be thankful for the fact that supply chain is now a household term, right? Everybody's talking about supply chains every day. That was my exact answer. Did you steal my sheet, my production sheet over here? (laughs) I was going to say, you know, my mantra has always been make freight mainstream, make people more aware. And you have to do that by delivering content information, a variety of of, of different means and measures. And um, I think this year. And screwing up the ports. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you throw that in and Dooner wins. Well, yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been a terrible year for supply. It's been a terrible eighteen months for supply chain. But in terms of getting people aware of it, um, I, I think that's been great. And sure, there's some misinformation. You know, there's maybe there's a lot of mainstream articles that kind of get details wrong and they conflate numbers and right. they tend to run with. I think the most frustrating thing is they tend to run with like whatever the press release from the port right. or an association says yes. without any counter yes. reporting. That can be that can be frustrating. But Hold in general. On. In general, I like that people are having these conversations, and we're going to talk about it at Thanksgiving. That's right. And sooner or later, right, um, folks are going to figure out there is actually data there now. And and I give FreightWaves and Sonar a ton, a ton of credit for having had the foresight to say folks are are going to need this broad base of data to understand what's happening in freight markets to be able to make good decisions. And I I think like anybody that isn't actively using sonar right now, either on the shipper side or the carrier side to to understand really what's happening in the market um, is is just sort of there. They might as well be, you know, uh, taking Polaroid photos, right? They're they're just, they're missing where the technology and where the, the industry is today. Yeah, they certainly are. And so I think all three of us want to. You're welcome. I, I, <laughs> thank you. That check, checks in the mail. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, dude. <laughs> I, think all, I think all three of us are on the exact same page. I mean, my, my thankfulness is really for the, the leaps forward that are going through in the technology. The technology was moving forward before, but really the stress on the, on the, on the supply chain and the attention that everything is getting is really driving it forward and making that urgency even more and more. And there'll be a lot of things that come through this. The other thing is these discussions and, and digging through the headlines into the details has really made it a sexy industry for the young, talented minds outside of the ideation and in the engineering to come in and really, there's probably there's people at Georgia Tech and MIT now that are thinking, I'm getting into logistics when I get done with this. And that wasn't happening in the 90s. True. Uh, I'll agree. I, I mean, it's it, it started, I, um, I think MIT's uh, supply chain master's program started um, around 1998-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to think about it that, you know, because everybody says, well, logistics, that's not that new. We've been buying stuff and shipping stuff and selling stuff, you know, for thousands of years. That's sort of what civilization is about. But the truth is studying it as as um, a business discipline, as an engineering discipline, even, you know, sort of um, uh, some science going into it, that really is pretty new. Um, and so we're we're still sort of at the cutting edge, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people I know switch jobs this year and acquaintances on on LinkedIn and people I barely know switch jobs. But I think what's also I'm thankful for is, you know, I've been in this industry for a while and I remember being 
at FedEx Trade Networks or Vandegrift, like your upward mobility was very limited at the time. You could maybe jump to another place and get yourself four, five thousand dollars. I have friends who've jumped to new positions and they're making thirty-five thousand dollars more, and they're moving up from lower levels to mid to senior levels. And a lot of that ability to move was like locked out by a lot of boomers, like in the 2000s, especially just people not retiring and leaving those positions. Now you get so much movement, so much people ping-ponging around. I think that aids in retention too, doesn't it, Daniel? Well, I, I think, so. well, I, I don't know what helps with retention right now, right? <laughs> well, industry retention. That. But, but what, I, what I was going to say, Dooner, is, you know, what, you know, you, you use the example, you know, from earlier in your career. I think most of us can relate to, to something like that where you say, okay, well, if I'm doing this job, then the next step for me is sort of the manager, the supervisor position, then the manager and the director sort of in that silo, whether that was logistics, whether that was procurement, whether that was, you know, operations and manufacturing. And and if you wanted to move up through the ranks, you sort of had to climb a ladder. And what we're finding in supply chain, and the thing that, that really excites me now is we're really coming to appreciate that you need to have cross-functional experience to do this well right? You can't just, you know, work in a silo. You need to jump over to those other silos to understand how they make their, their decisions, why they do what they do, um, how they affect one another. Um, and so that, I think, you know, sort of opens up some of those opportunities. For example, you know, you could potentially go from, you know, being a broker to then, you know, being on the shipper side, right? Because, you know, having somebody on your team as, as a shipper, who understands the market dynamics and what it takes to be a broker, that's valuable right now, right? And, and especially, you know, the one of the trends that we're seeing, right, is all these companies are starting to buy up their supply chain partners, right? They're essentially vertically integrating, but they're doing that internally too, right? They're, they're, they're bringing in people with skills that, you know, in the past they may have relied on a vendor to, to have that expertise, but now they want to have somebody on their team that knows that. All great yeah. points. Those are those are really good points. Now, enough praise, though. We've been nice Could, enough. Now, wait, who, wait, wait. I want I want I, I want to throw in one plug. Okay. Just along those lines, I've got a course on LinkedIn Learning called Careers in Supply Chain and Operations, where I walk through sort of this broad spectrum of lots of different jobs across the supply chain, from you know operations and logistics and and warehousing stuff, all the way up to attorneys and accountants and project managers and IT. Um, so if folks are, you know, just like you're saying, if they're thinking, where do I go from where I am, right? What are some of the other things I could jump into? I, I strongly recommend that course and I can share a link to it, but it's careers in supply chain and operations. Gobble, gobble. Turkey of the year, Daniel Stanton. Who is it? Uh, or what I, is it's it? Milton. <laughs> the, the, no, the, the, the dude had it, right? I mean, it, 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 it's, it's tough to, to, to top Milton or, you know, I... It, it could, could be a thing. How did he repeat? Too. How did it, it Trevor could, Milton repeat his Turkey of the Year? He may three peat. You never know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's we're close right? enough to next year. He could three peat, but it could be a, something. It could be an event or a situation yeah. as well. It could be Turkey I, as well. It, Doesn't it, have to be a person. It could be L A. It could be L A. Long Beach, right? Mm -hmm. But but the problem with with L A. Long Beach is like it doesn't really feel like that's anybody's fault. It feels like it's sort of all of us failing to see the big picture and do the right stuff. And so maybe that's the turkey there is that like we all depend on this. And instead of really getting together to figure out where the constraints are and how to fix it, mm. we keep pointing at the other guy. Right. And, and we're just not making the progress and we're probably not even measuring the right stuff to get us where we need to be.
Mine wow. is okay. shipping crisis bobblehead Ryan Humpty Dumpty <laughs> Zimmerman because the damn thing <laughs> fell off my desk. And look at him. Look at me. Bro. No. Zoom in on me. Look, give you me the hero shot. Zoom in on, on this. Give him that shot. Thank How you, guys. How long did you wait for wait. that stinking bobblehead? Uh, wild, man. Oh, I got man. stuck at the port, the vouchers. I got it from the team, and now this stupid bobblehead broke on me. Um, <laughs> I think it was on the it was on the Ever Given. That was the, the rumor that I heard. So I mean, that would be... Bulbous bow someplace. That yes, would be the obvious the choice for, bow, like, yeah. Turkey of the Year, except it really didn't have that much impact on the United States, right? I mean, Port of Los Angeles... Your bobblehead didn't? No. The, the Ever Given. Oh, oh the Ever Given. Yeah, no. I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. You know, the 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 thing that I see with the with the port, and you know, this happens with all yeah. kinds of parts in a, in a system. Is you know, they do pretty well when they're steady state, but but any time that you kind of take a pause and then try to make up for that, it creates a surge. And I haven't seen anybody really go back and say, okay, when did the surge hit? When did the port start getting backed up? And how does that correlate with? You know, not just the Ever Given, but all those other ships that were stuck and sailed around and, and kind of became like, uh, you know, the egg going through the snake. I, I, I think it's it, I wouldn't write that off as a contributor. Yeah, I, well, I, I guess mean, we were looking at the vessel. I mean, we, we, we were reporting on the same thing at the time. And there were there was the congestion over at the Port of Los Angeles going on. But it wasn't yeah. 87 containers. It was like 36. It's, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Right. My, not, so, so mine is really the efforts of the administration to fix the port congestion problem. And it goes along yeah. with what you're saying, us pointing fingers at each other and getting crazy. But, you know, the turkey of the year, when you're trying to solve that problem and they gathered all the big dogs that really have no motivation to fix this, because you could argue, very successfully, I would think, that it's helping them eliminate a lot of competition uh, and passing on some costs to fix the problem. Problem? That's my turkey. Yeah, yeah. Target and Walmart aren't the I, ones getting beat up. In no, the they're not the ones. No, we, we, no, we have a guest coming on later they, that'll yeah. jock to that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, on the one end, I, I kind of agree with it, and I, I don't, I don't have the answer, right? But like, um, I've had this conversation lots of times, and you know what? What you, if you need to get containers moving out of the port in particular. Then, then you don't just, I mean, you need a truck and you need a chassis, but you need to have control of the warehouse where it's going to. Mm. And from that warehouse, you've got to be able to move stuff out. And, you know, for, for a smaller player that, that doesn't have control of those steps, they're just a lot less flexible. So I look at it and I say, listen, you know, Home Depot, Walmart, Target, they've got DCs in the Inland Empire. They they have access to to trucks and to chassis. Mm -hmm. If they need to get something done, they can make a phone call. So you know, if if you want to get things moving, I think they're in the best position to do it. And I completely agree that um, it, it sucks because the big guys just have an advantage. They, you know, because they have control of all that stuff, they've got more options and they can get stuff done. And as a small player you're just you're kind of at the victim of of a lot of the things that are going on now daniel stanton black friday's sure. coming up where do people get your book they want to learn about supply chain it, uh, amazon had a three for the price of two sale going on i know a oh. bunch of people jumped onto that for for their teams and also for their families to prepare everybody for for the thanksgiving conversation <laughs> so uh SCMfordummies.com will uh, take you to, to the Amazon link. And of course, I encourage folks, you know, follow me on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And um, then, um, you know, we can talk about 
Dooner's collection of Lego Titanics. Thank you, you know, sir. I might buy some of those just to hand out at the end of an argument. So I can say, here, go educate yourself. Lego Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> no, the supply chain for dummies. For dummies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send yeah. a couple to the JOC. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Sorry. Shots fired. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel Stanton, for coming on the show. Now, if you're going to Amazon to get his book, yeah. stop by Via Heart. Look up some brain flakes while you're there, right? Yeah, right. Get yourself Very a stuffed cool animal. Stuff. Get Do yourself it. a giraffe before mm. Amazon knocks it off yeah. on you. Let's talk to yeah. most. And Hart, see over at Via Hart. What's up, buddy? Oh, oh, here he comes. Oh. He's coming as an astronaut today. <laughs> Check him out. What's up, guys? How's it going over there? Now, are you kind of losing it a little bit? I'm better. My helmet's not on, right? Is that your? Is that a real working microphone on there? Yeah, it actually is. It works perfectly. It's too hard. That's good. It must be a Yeti. Uh, let me ask you something, man. So. Are you kind of losing it? I've been reading your Twitter a lot. I've been following, and you're like, yeah, as we move into this Black Friday season, I've been up for like 12, 14, 16 hours a day working at this Via Heart. Well, um, I am losing it, but I'm not sure that was caused by the supply chain. That might just be like genetic or something like that. But um, uh, the supply chain is definitely giving me headaches, and I'll, and I'll talk about that. But actually, I, my company, frankly, has a bunch of lawsuits going on. And uh, a bunch of them blew up at the same time. And that's what's been eating up a ton of my time. But at the same time, we are running out of packaging. I, I don't even feel like I should be saying this because we haven't secured our packaging. And I'm worried that people are going to like go buy all the packaging that we need to buy <laughs> ahead of me because I'm talking about it at a radio show. But uh, I I've been told that uh, there are no pallets in in dallas right now which is where we have a warehouse and uh uline ran out of boxes on us in two different sizes uh last what? night and so that that's once i get off the show that's going to be something I, I go and fix uline running out of boxes is a big deal uline's not like a yeah. small supplier man that's that's crazy yeah. so what's what's the alternative if boxes don't run through or you can't say that that's a trade secret <laughs> yeah it's, it's a trade secret that i just kind of revealed on live tv um, what is the alternative? So the alternative for us is we would reach out to manufacturers of boxes. It's probably too late for us to get any from them. We're going to reach out to other distributors for some of our products. As you said, um, we sell a lot of plush animals and maybe we'll switch the bags. Yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't expecting the box situation to occur, uh, the shortage, but I was expecting bubble mailers to happen. So I, I bought, a, you know, a metric ton of bubble mailers from a manufacturer and maybe maybe we can maybe there there are fewer supply chain hiccups in the plastic bubble mailer world than there are in cardboard. Um, but yeah, if we don't have packaging, we're we're totally screwed. Well, yeah, wow. and look, guys in the back, just scroll through some of those pictures we have so they can see what these uh, these products are that he's packaging up. Now you're an Amazon seller, so let me ask you. You mentioned Dallas, and you have a DC there, so. Um, just for those not familiar with how Amazon selling works, oh, that's my kid right there. Thank you for those brain flakes, by the way. He still uses them, even though awesome. we have that Titanic. Um, how, so how does that work? Amazon doesn't package and send these things out for you. You've got to package everything and send it to them. Get us inside that world. Sure, yeah, that's a great question. So there are two ways that people get their products from Amazon when they buy on Amazon. The first way is it might say ships by via heart, fulfilled by Amazon. We're shipping, in that case, we're shipping our goods in bulk to Amazon's fulfillment centers. Mm. Amazon is storing them. And when Amazon receives an order, they'll put it in an Amazon box and ship it out. Hopefully, Amazon has enough boxes in order to fulfill those orders. The other way that you'll get products when you order on Amazon um, 
is if the listing says ships from and sold by Viaheart, Amazon will pass <laughs> Amazon will pass the order onto uh, us, and we'll ship it from our warehouse in packaging, which we may or may not have this holiday season. He said as many hats as that NASA guy. We had a NASA guy on who this wore like a, 17 bo- different hats. Yeah, he brought my Brain Flakes spaceship. Whoa, oh, look at go. that. Like oh, sweet. sweet. my favorite design. Now, do you have to make that out of your own mind, or do you have instructions online where someone could could follow it? Well, we have instructions online. Stop plugging me. You guys are too kind. Very cool. (laughs) Let's talk about this box conspiracy with Amazon that you just uncovered, right? So if if (laughs) they're buying up all the Uline boxes, so you have to fulfill from their fulfillment center is what it sounds like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something here. We've discovered something. I don't know. Did, did they know. move their so did they move the location of where they fulfill from on you? I thought I saw a tweet from you. Yeah. And that small move had a substantial impact on you because your inventory was set up in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, to take advantage of closer fulfillment. And now you gotta pay for all the trucking to go all the way over to the East Coast. Is that correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So the way that we bring our goods in the way that we get our goods to Amazon is first we imp- 99% of the time, 95% of the time, we bring everything to our warehouse, which is in the Dallas area, and we store it. And then we kind of forecast, all right, what, what do we need to have at Amazon so Amazon can fulfill those orders? And then we ship it in bulk to Amazon. Amazon gets to tell us where they want us to ship those units. Previously, they had us ship all those units to a Amazon warehouse that was very close to us. It was also in the Dallas area. And that cost us about $375 per truckload. Then about like three months ago, I don't remember the exact timing. They said, ah, we don't want you to ship to Dallas anymore. We want you to ship to Charlotte. And uh, that's problematic for us for two reasons. The first reason is that it takes longer for us to get our goods to Charlotte than it does to get to to Dallas. So that means we need to have more uh, inventory at Amazon, which is really expensive to kind of compensate for the the time of, of restocking. And then the second problem, obviously, is it's a lot more expensive to ship to Charlotte versus uh, Dallas. So our cost went from about $375 to like $2,800 for a couple of months there. And uh, we, we ended up paying something like $40,000 extra in trucking fees, which sucks because we got, as a result of that, we need to like raise prices in order to keep our profit levels at the same level. And then Whenever you raise prices, Amazon takes a 15% cut of whatever the price you raise. You have to like raise it more than you would have needed to otherwise, which sucks for consumers, but it's just kind of like what we need to do. And so that's what we, one of the things we've been dealing with. One of many. Yeah, many. It sounds like you got a lot of stuff in the air right there, Molson. But I mean, it makes sense because of the population density, right? Uh, uh, to have it further to the East Coast than, than there in Dallas, although that's where you're based in Dallas. Now, your warehouse versus their warehouse, how hard is it to manage a warehouse with all the other things that you're actually you're actually managing right now? Is it not easier to just run it through Amazon or does that cost and the, and the headaches of running your warehouse offset each other? Um. Uh, I don't remember what the, so it is hard to, to manage a warehouse for sure. It's absolutely difficult to do. Um, I have a great team in place, which makes my life a lot easier. It's impossible once you reach a certain size to store all of your inventory at Amazon. And the reason for that is that Amazon storage fees are, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but, but they're like, 
maybe 50 times higher per cubic foot than our storage fees Wow. Um, wow. to store in our own warehouse. So if you're bringing in significant amounts of goods, you kind of need to have your own warehouse or a 3PL kind of as a way station to store the bulk of your inventory. And then you kind of like drip feed slowly just what Amazon needs. Otherwise, Amazon will kill you like uh, on in terms of storage. I mean, Amazon just raised fees for 2022, but it, at peak, it's like $2 for standard size items. It's like over $2.50 per cubic foot um, at Amazon per month. And, and that's like many times higher what it is uh, if you have your own warehouse in Texas. Yeah, it's funny how these prices drive decisions. Like one thing you'll, you'll see online constantly is about like ocean freight, for example. Like why do they keep sending everything to the port of L.A. and not just send it over to New York or Charleston or somewhere else? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, if you look, not, first of all, there's trucking involved and all that kind of stuff you have to pay for. But if you look at the way that the steamship lines are pricing freight right now, it's like $9,000 in the spot market to go to L.A., where to go to Charleston, it's, it's like $18,000. So there's a significant cost difference that goes in with those time and those delays. Like shippers aren't being completely stupid about this. I right. mean, there is a financial motivation right i mean you've had to go through these equations multiple times this year yeah and i i just heard you ask the last guest who the turkey of the year was and then my first thought was me so um yeah we, we have so our goods are made in indonesia cambodia vietnam and china and there are a couple of different ways that we can get our products to texas which is where we have our warehouse and we can we can bring it through the panama canal up to houston which is what i love doing but sometimes there's not availability there I don't know what the, the, the price is offhand, but it is definitely more expensive than it is to go to L.A. To your point, we can bring things to L.A., put it on a train, move it to Dallas. And then we I talked about on Twitter this container that we had from Indonesia that has just been nonstop headaches. And that container was supposed to go to L.A. And, and then we found out that it wasn't going to L.A. first. Somehow it was going to Tacoma. So then we figured out a way to just like pay extra money to get it off the boat in Tacoma. And the plan is to transload it in Tacoma to Texas so we can have stock for Christmas. But I don't even know if that will happen. Unbelievable. So what are, you, what are you looking at sales and consumer confidence? Are sales starting to dip right now? Or are they still going strong? Uh, what, are you, what are you seeing this holiday season? Um, so I, I did see that the consumer confidence numbers, which I guess were for October, they dipped. Uh, so far, our sales have been muted for November, but mm. I, I don't have enough data to really say that uh, for sure consumer confidence is, is low based yeah. on the data I'm seeing. The other problem is like I, we have an empty warehouse. I can give you like six reasons why we have an empty warehouse. So our sales are going to be down no matter what, because we just don't have as many uh, SKUs in stock as we should. So it's kind of hard for me to say, but I personally, it's just my opinion. I don't know, but I, I'm not economically optimistic about consumption right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because gotcha. you would think, I mean, there were so many articles, not like, mainstream articles that were talking about get your Christmas shopping done now. And these came out right. like a month ago. So you would yeah. think that the, you know, I don't, not the sheep, but like the people who just do whatever the news tells them to would would have run out and buy some stuff. But you also have like the procrastinative nature of of, of Americans as well, combating yeah. each other. So interesting times, but I think we all have fears of inflation. Like, you know, we look at these numbers and we act like they're in a vacuum, but we're all out here making our own purchasing and buying decisions. Yeah. Right. too. And those inflationary costs are definitely factored in by all of us, and they'll probably be factored into some of our holiday buying. Now, you mentioned inventory. You found some rats in the warehouse. Are you going 
to consider selling those? And uh, is Christmas going to look good in terms of I want to shop from VR? Yeah, um, we're in Texas, so uh, we've also found scorpions in the warehouse, but we don't sell any scorpions, and that's a problem. Um, So we sell plush rats, and recently we did an inventory count, and um, I've never been happier to discover that we had rats in our warehouse because we had 100 rats in our warehouse that I thought that we didn't have. So those were 100 plush rats that we could sell. Um, I didn't catch the end of your question Maybe because I'm just so excited thinking about finding inventory that I didn't think we had. <laughs> oh, just uh, I wanted to give a plug to your website and send people to go to go buy some stuff. Are they going to find plenty of inventory over there? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> a few things. I don't know. You can check us out on viheart.com. You can search viheart or brain flakes uh, on Amazon, and we have brain flakes in stock. We we got a bunch. We have some stuff in stock. Just not as many different SKUs as I'd like. And we, you know, it's early in the holiday season, so we're okay for right now. But as we get closer to Cyber Monday, as we get closer to like, traditionally, we tend to like peak in sales around December 17th, we will start to go out of stock. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to get you to buy more of our products. Sure. We're we're, going to go out of stock. Well, if he sells out of the brain flakes, I'll put mine on, on eBay for a substantial markup. And uh, There you go. <laughs> Molson, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's always fun to talk to you guys. Thanks, nice, Wilson. Man. All right, let's melt some faces. Play the metal. Oh, yeah. Love it, man. It's Trent Zuberi. He's with the band Hemi, who you Woo. just heard, right? Yeah. But he's also he's also the associate manager of logistics, finance, and freight payables at the Kraft Heinz Company. That's right. How do you like that catch? Yeah. Two, diff- two different worlds, it. gentlemen. It's like it's like it's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You know, it's, it's two different worlds, man. It we is. Were telling See, I was I was thinking it makes perfect sense. <laughs> we were telling uh, we were telling Zach Strickland. Zach Strickland is a guy who comes from the world of payables and freight pricing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. he was hearing your music video. And we were like, this is the guy from Kraft Heinz, and we were discuss- We were talking about how like it's like Fight Club, right? You never know who the guy is next to you is going bare knuckle at at midnight in the uh, in the bottom. <laughs> In the basement, and it's Trent in his NWO shirt who happens to also work. You see that? I, I knew you would catch that. You'd see the I NWO saw that. shirt. I love, the, I love the shirt. I also love the perfectly timed uppercut in the video to the guy's gut. Isn't that perfect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is absolutely perfect. <laughs> was great, it fun making cut. that video? Like, we need to make a what the truck music video. I don't know if like for the holiday or something, but it, it looks like you were having so much fun in there shooting people. Oh, I mean, you know, we, we work. We, yeah, I mean, who, who doesn't, right? I mean, it's Hollywood, baby. Come yeah, on. right. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we have, we have a couple of newer, newer ones than that too, but, uh, 
uh, you know, definitely some new ones on the agenda. I mean, it's, you know, the, the last year kind of threw things off, but we're getting back to touring this, uh, this December going on a little mini tour for the winter. And then we're going to be back in and get back to writing and then, you know, new videos, new albums, all that stuff's coming up. Cool. So, you guys coming anywhere exactly. near Chattanooga? Yeah. We need a house band. We can do a house you band. Coming anywhere near Chattanooga? <laughs> I got a lot of offers to come down that way. It's just a matter of planning them out with timing. You know, the thing is, you know, we're all, you know, I just turned 40 or all at our, our up, yeah. you know, the other guys are in their late thirties. Well, the other guys are a little older than me. Right. You know, it's like, we got to time it all out with work. I feel this is 20 years ago, man, we would just jump in the car and go. Right. But yeah, got to time it all out with work and everybody's got to, you know, request PTO. It's very formal now to be in a metal band yeah. and then still have a full-time corporate job. You know, so, the, uh, it, it's tough with kids too. Like I got the, I got yeah. the four-year-old and the seven-year-old and like yeah. acquaintances kind of go by the wayside after a while because there's only so much time <laughs> in your day that you can manage it. That kinda, is the truth, man. It kind of sucks. Now you have to manage a lot of stuff over at Kraft Heinz Company. It's been a crazy year. Let's start with what's coming up, though. We got Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of people, like yeah. my kids, want the ketchup to put on their turkey. Is there going to be plenty? <laughs> what? <laughs> ketchup? Yeah, to you know, allow make, that? We, <laughs> sooner, we make gravy, too. We make actual yeah, gravy. You don't, need, you don't need to go to ketchup. We got gravy. I know, but in my product. family, we call the gravy ketchup. It's sort of like Italian families <laughs> oh, okay. call marinara sauce gravy. We call the in, in the Duner okay. household, it's, it's right. the ketchup right. is gravy. Well, there were some scare. There were some scare <laughs> about store shelves, grocery store shelves being uh, yeah. empty. What are you seeing on your end coming out of Kraft? The biggest benefit we have is that you know a lot of our stuff's manufactured here, man. It's 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 made here mm. in the U.S. Yeah. You know our manufacturing facilities are all over the U.S. So we we have been able to keep up with our demand. Obviously, you have some ups and downs, but man, I mean, if you look, Kraft Heinz products are stocked at all your grocery stores. We have not fallen back, uh, you know, during this time. And that's, it's a benefit to, to us having, you know, domestic uh, manufacturing. So it's been great. I mean, you know, we are fully stocked. This is our busiest time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas. This is it. You know, we oh, yeah. have all these new products. Hey, is it, is it really? Because I would thought Friday. maybe summer would be for all the condiments. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, you know people like are getting hot dogs. You get you need mustard. I'm not going to say ketchup because you don't put ketchup on a hot yeah. dog. I'm sorry. You put mustard, Heinz mustard on a, on okay. a hot dog. Okay. A lot of a lot of My people opinion. do ketchup on hot dogs. I'm just I know, right but there, there's a lot it's of people put they put they put pineapple on pizza too. I'm not I'm not condoning That's that true. activity, but they do. I had a Big Mac pizza once. It was at ketchup instead of a sauce. Oh, weird. What? Yeah. <laughs> where? Where was that? Huh? I need to know where this was so I never go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, but, I like but, that your Black but, Friday so, is Black Friday. It's not like a, another time. Our Black Friday for food still Black Friday. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it, we, we're busy, man. I mean, it's like people love, you know, we have a lot of stuff that is, that is easy to make. It's easy to prep. It's easy to just fill your table with, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of that instant food. So a lot of it. If you got kids coming for Thanksgiving and this, it's perfect. It's, it's like that's that's what our product line really focuses on a lot is that quick turnaround stuff. So, so Trent, um, let me let, I mean, Trent, yeah. let me let me ask you about let me ask you. You said that you you're making most of your stuff here, right? Your manufacturing is in the United States, and so the stuff is stocked and everything. Is that is the is the is the packaging there as well? Because a lot of people who manufacture in the United States still had issues with getting that packaging here, especially yeah. the plastic bottles and that type of stuff, the pre preforms yeah. and that type of stuff. But you guys managed right through those challenges. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it was taken care of, man. We really didn't fall too uh, too far into. It. I can't speak to, you know too much on uh, on that supply side of things, but you know, being where I'm at, I did not hear anything really about us um, us really you know feeling that burn from uh, you know from those kind of suppliers, man. Not at all, really. We were we we focused on uh, you know we work with a lot of a lot of domestic uh, you know suppliers as well when it comes to that too. So so far so good. We really did not. 
uh, feel that feel too much pain from that. Really, we were able to keep up and keep our demand, um, keep our stuff really stocked. Those it was, it was Sweet. we were, and you know, we did it last year too. You know, twenty twenty was another year where we 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 stepped up. And we we were the we were one of the leaders in that grocery industry just to just to, to step up in times like these. So just because we had that 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 strong footing domestically, so. Well, worked about, out, man. Really worked well, out. Trent, how about volume versus cost? Has volume been up this year, and has freight costs gone up as well? Or are you a little bit in? Do you have a dedicated free fleet? Are you a little bit insulated there? How, how did that go? We got some dedicated fleets, but uh, we, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, no, you know, costs went up all across you know, when it comes to freight. You know, we we felt that for sure. Uh, if it, it is definitely a carrier's market, because uh, you know we are at. I don't want to say you use the term we're at the mercy of them, but in, in a sense you are. I mean, you have to work with them. It's uh, mm-hmm. so we definitely we we absolutely had to adhere to any adjustments that they made uh, because you know we had, it, you almost had no choice. So you had to really you had to make adjustments in that sense. But um, but you know I, I'm I'm happy to say that we we kept up. We kept up with it. Everything seemed to work out just fine uh, in that sense. And and our dedicated fleets really really came through for us. Really really did. This. Absolutely. Awesome. I, I have a question. Maybe you don't have the answer to this, but maybe you can get it for yeah. us eventually. But seasonality within the Heinz uh, business, what's the most popular stuff at, at different times of the year? Like right now, is it gravy right now or is it just everything? It's like the stovetop stuffing. Big seller, right? There you mac go. and cheese. Yeah. You know, mac and cheese. The, the instant gravy. Big ones right now. You did mention the summertime. The condiments, big ones for the summer. You guys have probably seen all the weird condiments we've been coming out with, too, like the little fusion ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mayo, must, and... Uh, you know, Mayo Q and all like if you go to the condiment shelf, there's like these fusion condiments that Heinz has come out with that you're like, wait, sriracha and mustard. What the hell? Like, no, what's going no, on no, Trent, that's a great <laughs> that's great because I use Heinz ketchup. I use I use your mayo and I use Tabasco sauce. Mix mm. them together. Great. Dude, there are there's like there's like 20 fusion sauces on the shelf. Like, seriously, go to like your local Walmart or Meyer or whatever it is and you'll see it. It's nuts. Like the no. amount of stuff, there was stuff that came out. I was like, I was like, when did we start making this? Like we, we fuse ranch and, you know, ranch and mustard now too. What the hell? That's just getting high in the product testing room. And they're like, man, this sounds really good. It's like, it's like me cooking at two o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, you guys have overtaken Oreo in just like the need to put out crazy flavors on the shelves. I feel like we hired whoever were, whoever comes up with the Taco Bell menu. Cause you yeah. look at a Taco Bell menu. Yeah. That's what that is. It's like, what if we take a Dorito and fuse it with a burrito and, and add like, you know, an enchilada in there and then add like a bunch of hot, like, and it's like, yeah, we'll call it a, you know, a Dorito over enchilada. Like they'll come up with some weird name for it and boom, there you go. There's your new menu. Item. So like, <laughs> we must have hired whoever's coming up at Taco Bell's wacky menu. And it's like, here's all the stuff we make. Fuse them together. See what you can put up. It's been a good time talking. We got to send you the wheel of stupid questions oh, before we, we send you home. Spin that Please thing do. around. Here Please it do. is, man. Let's see what we land up Ooh, with. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I gotta, Dude, no, when no, are we yeah. going to talk about yeah. some? When are we going to have a show where we just talk about old school pro wrestling? That's you and I on Twitter all the time are always making wrestling comments. <laughs> when are we going to just have a show where we throw the freight out the window and we just say, look, we're just going to sit here and talk about 85 to 95 classic professional wrestling. And just and reminisce about our youth. When are we Hacksaw Reed? Let's we, talk we about Hacksaw Reed. You got to be careful though. They've been doing this Dark Side of the Ring show, and like I know it's man. been getting some guys in trouble from that that error. So you got to be oh, careful. Oh God, yeah, it's tough. It's Jimmy tough. That's, that's Jimmy a, Superfly Snook is still yeah, I love him. He only killed one. one person. Oh man, but I don't, he had a Dark Side of the Ring too. I yeah. love him. He was Dark Side. <laughs> Yeah. Loved him, man. Uh, what's, what's my question today? Oh, yeah. Hey, okay. You can play for All one right. night only. One night only you can play for any band during any era. 
What is it? Oh, man. The Ramones. Ramones. When I read that question, that was my exact answer was the Ramones. I'm going to Ramones. Anything in the first four records? CBGB's 75 to 78. I'll play anything in that era for sure. It's easy to eat. It's easy to learn. And one of my all-time favorite bands. I actually got to go to CBGB's before it closed. Pretty trippy. Got to see it. It was awesome. Uh, It's a trip now that it's a... uh, John Varvato's store. So on the stage where they where the punk revolution started, they now sell thousand yeah. dollar jeans. Go figure that part out. That's, 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 yeah. pretty, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Always sell yeah. your culture as fashion. That's the way it goes, Trent. That there means you made man. it. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate it. check out Hemi, their music, Hemi music, Hemi. right? Hemi, Hemi music. Hemi music yeah, and engine, uh, craft times. Get that stove top for your uh your yeah, plate. Absolutely. This season. Thank you, Trent. Yeah, we appreciate right, your man. time. Get Thank you guys. Magic. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold awesome. you to that wrestling thing, Thanks, too. Trent. I'll, I'll get in touch with you on that one. That All is right. awesome. Keep All right, going. let's go inside the newsletter. Let's do that. What the Truck Newsletter is a newsletter that comes out every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Dude, Time. You can subscribe to it by going to FreightWaves.com slash WTT. And will fill your inbox with the... You can get on the show, whatever's going on in the news that day, or just stuff That's that right. we couldn't tackle on here. Right. Um, the most recent one <laughs> we were going over was... I was going over the driver shortage, right? Because yeah. in the mainstream media, you may have seen... Bob Costello, he said from the ATA, their economist, he says 80,000, we're short 80,000 drivers last week. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. All the absolutely. mainstream sites, they report, they go, oh, there's no truck drivers. That's no why and they're blaming drivers. them. on. That's why yeah, there's nobody at the port, no. you know, even though there's huge lines at the port. Well, there's two miles of trucks. There's no drivers in them, I guess. And then what happens is when those reports <laughs> come out, people love to take them, and they like sure. to take them in their direction. I mean, C.H. Robinson's Bob Easterfield. He says, uh, you know, looking at those ATA numbers, we need to hire immigrants. We need to bring immigrants and hire them. Uh, other people yeah. are trying to prom- re-promote. 14-year-olds in the Teenagers, dogs, cats, whatever we can do. I think there's something in the infrastructure bill about that. Well, yeah. narrative violation going on the driver shortage. And before I get into this, let me ask you something. Sure. Is there a driver shortage? Is there not a driver shortage? Or do people get too hung up on the semantics? I think they get hung up on the semantics is yeah. what it is. It's headline porn and they run with it, right? Yeah. Uh, people, it, it, it clicks a button, people clickbait, and they run with it. That's what I think the problem is. Because here's a better headline. Look at this one right here. Look at all the independent operators that have formed in the past year. First of all, I'll show this meme that has been hanging out. Yeah, uh, all these ones just show the beginning story. Uh, that one right there, um, good stuff. Anyways, that's about people yelling at drug dealers. <laughs> anyway, narrative. So the FDR, the FDR, you can't just, put, see it. The FDR just put out data, right? Yeah. That through October they've authorized more than ninety-two thousand four hire carriers, right? That is the most they've done in the past two years. It's amazing numbers, and a lot of drivers are jumping out of that for the first time in modern history. Tr- companies under one hundred, right? Under 100, more drivers and more trucks in that market than in the 100-plus into the very large and the megas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people coming in. So there's a lot of recruitment and a lot of people come in there. So I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's the semantics and I think it's the, the situational shortages that are going I think on. why drivers get mad about the driver shortage thing is because, and I think that that specific meeting that happened last month, that ATA meeting, oh, yeah, yeah, shows yeah. why. Because yeah. the main headline is the shortfall of drivers. It's 80,000 number that they put out. Yeah. When the driver's main concern is the parking and things like that. And they feel that when these things get political and they go up the chain, they end up focusing on that and not the retention, not the parking, not the yeah. recruiting, and all the, all the other ills that ale trucking that leads to these. Well, yeah, yeah I think you're right. The narrative about, about uh, you know, 100% turnover and all that kind of stuff, it makes it seem like uh, the drivers just quit on a whim. They just turn off the truck and go make a $20,000 sign-on bonus and move this stuff. But they've got real issues here that the truckers, that, that the big carriers don't pay attention to. Look at all these boats. 
86 vessels, brand new record out there. Same day, so on Monday, right, we were, we were talking about how those dwell fees were going to come in. Yeah. By the end of the show, the hit. dwell yeah. fees had 2. been... 2.6 million or something like that. The dollar. dwell fees had been pushed off a week until November 22nd. They may yeah. be a bluff, we're not sure. The port is saying we've cleared 29% of the empties out, yet uh, there's more ships there than, than ever. So, uh, I don't know. Popular stuff. Popular stuff. Uh, we have one last picture. Look at the survivor of this truck. I don't know if they can pull this, this one up This is crazy, here. dude. Show this up here. Look at this. I don't know how this person survived this. This happened over... Where was it? Somewhere in Washington, northbound, southbound I-5. I-5. On the Skagit River Bridge. This guy, this person's car got hit by that truck, and miraculously, I don't know how they got away. I have no idea how they got out of that car. There's no room in there to survive. Well, we got to walk away from this one because we're out of time. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vince and the Dude. Find this wherever you find podcasts. Tell me to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.